Hey guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Poly podcast. This is not the fourth time we've tried to record this intro. Everybody, just so you know, we do call ourselves a music podcast, but apparently I don't know the difference between Zizi Top and Thin Lizzy. More to be discussed later. Um, <laughs> we've got Reese and I've got Andy on the line. Today we were discussing all things sport, so if that's not your bag, go check out another episode from previous weeks, or just wait till next week. Um, guys, how are you both? I'm very well, oh. thank you. <laughs> oh, we nearly did it at the same time again. I kind of refrained. I'm good. I'm, I've had a, a a very normal week in terms of life going back to normal. I've probably done more this week than I have in a year. <laughs> I've uh, yeah, I've, I've been to the cinema twice, and we are in three the, the third time on Sunday. And I think every night this week I've just gone to the pub or like to the beach or just tried to do something. I'm going to hold you right there quickly. What what have you watched on the cinema there? I couldn't think of one decent film out of it, let alone two. Black so, huh? I didn't watch Black Widow. Black Widow is not one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise. So, I, I watched. Peter Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, Peter Rabbit. No, <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> um, the first one I went to watch was. Um, I forgot. Uh, the Purge Forever. The Forever okay. Purge. Uh, it was a bit shit because. Uh, a lot of the film, it's not really spoilers, is, is subtitles. And they didn't oh. have... The subtitles weren't in the screen. You could just see the top of them. <laughs> uh, so, Ugh. yeah. I kind of got the, what the film was about. For the start, I didn't get any of like, the... There was no really relationship between the characters. Like I couldn't figure out much. Because the start of the film is just Mexican. I mean, does there need to be much of a pretense to the fourth Purge film? No, I'm not this, sure. is, this is this is why it was actually like savable because it didn't really need much because it was like violence. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of got the story. It's actually okay. Like, I like the message in the film. Uh, it's obviously just another Purge film where very similar stuff happens, and it's getting even. If you didn't think it could get more far fetched. Oh, it does. Oh, it really does in this one. Oh, it's oh, the ending's a bit, bit far fetched. Um, but the second film I watched was uh, went to watch it. I can't remember what day. Monday night was old. The the new M Night Shyamalan film, which was really good. A, a solid horror slash thriller movie. Well. As, as good a horror slash thriller movie that you can do on a beach because uh, obviously not very a very scary place but yeah no it was good it was like psychological and, and quite clever I don't know I've seen Jaws Jaws is pretty scary Bill <laughs> Sharks how about you Andy how's your week been man Jaws um fine it's been working well I, I, bit, really. I say how's your week how have you been since the last podcast we recorded with you which is a couple of weeks back uh, well we'll probably get into that because a lot of what's um, happened to me in the last couple of weeks since then obviously it happened to me but a lot of the stuff I've done including football and Formula 1 that's pretty much all I've done in that point nice. so um, I have been to the cinema since uh, I don't know if it's since the last week you went to see uh, Quiet Place 2 which is really good mm-hmm. and I want to go some point i'm really annoyed because on sunday night is um the show in battle royale in the cinema yeah, and nice. i absolutely love that film and it's an e5 quid a ticket so i'm i'm contemplating going to see that that because it's uh it's fantastic i love to see it in the cinema um and then probably black we do some point next week but yeah just been doing this uni work really i've just uh 
just had my second assignment back. I got a ninety-two percent, which was good. Um, so I've only got one more assignment left. So I'm literally sat like with my uni notes in front of me, my textbook and everything in front of me because I've been trying to do work today, but it hasn't worked. I, lo- <laughs> I love, I love how casually you just dropped. I oh, just ninety-two and just. Just well, only 92%. No, no, I'll tell you like. why I did it like that. It's because <laughs> I've probably gloated about it quite a lot to people. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I do want to sound like a dickhead because I'm sick of hearing myself sort of say it. I mean, if you want no, the actual story. No, it's brilliant. Um, really in is. my feedback the tutor gave me, he said, um, and I quote, as your work was so good, there is nothing else for me to say. Fucking nice. He literally like, said that. It was, uh, so yes, I was... Uh, over the moon to get that, but I didn't want to gloat. But you know, no, <laughs> makes a, a celebration. The win is a win. Um, yeah. Hopefully, as we record this, this Thursday evening, as we record this, I'm hoping to go and see the new Suicide Squad uh, over the weekend, if not early next week, because that looks quite yeah. good fun. That's, that's really what, good for that, actually. Um, that's why I'm going to see Sunday. Nice. Also, uh, I've got to wear glasses now. That's a thing. I found out I'm basically, I'm not actually blind. I shouldn't say, I keep saying that I'm blind, but I'm very short sighted in one eye and the other eye is pretty buggered as well. So, uh, although I'm not wearing glasses at the minute. Um, and I love wearing glasses. I've like, yeah, I don't need to wear them all the time, but I do wear them because I do. I like wearing glasses personally. Mm. Just rock them. I, I, I quite like them. I'm getting used to them. It's a, it's a weird thing, but, um, yeah, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah, that was it. I remember now. Um, so the other thing that I just need to mention, because I got really, really wound up by this. I don't know if you guys have seen this on the news, that the UK government, and again, we don't get into politics <laughs> in this podcast, but when it affects our lives and my life and things like that, I do tend to talk about it. So as you know, we're all music fans, all music festival fans. The UK government literally this week have said, this is bear in mind, this is two weeks before Bloodstock, oh, US and EU citizens, if you have a double jab, you don't have to fucking self-isolate. Right? Now, I don't know about you, but I can see every single festival promoter flipping a fucking table and going, how difficult it has been download pilot to get that together in terms of UK bands because you're not allowed any US or European bands. Bloodstock must be absolutely like, kicking themselves, like, gone, this is so unfair, two weeks from the festival, we're going to change the entire festival bill, because we're not allowed to have it in central travel, and they've gone, oh, lol, actually, you can have people over. Yeah. Like, and also, subscriptors, I'm going to beat you to it, Reese. Reading and Leeds <laughs> Festival have announced that Queens of Stone Age have pulled out, been replaced by Biffy Clyro. How do you feel about that, Reese? Uh, right, so, yeah, they... <laughs> We will get to, to the sport. Out. They had to pull out because of the that whole shit show, and mm. them thinking they would have to isolate because I think it it works out. It's like if you had to isolate, like was it ten days here? Ten days, yeah. And then when they go back, another ten days. So it just doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I was upset because I seen it and I was like, oh, they were literally the one band I really wanted to go see. And then I like I clocked on like. Just down the page, it said Biffy Power. I was like, yes! I was like, this is such good news. Because as soon as I seen it, I was like, they're literally just going to replace it with like either someone who's already on the bill, like higher up, or like some, just knowing my luck, just someone I really didn't want to go see. But Biffy Clyro, 
over this lockdown. Like before the lockdown, I didn't like them at all, and now they're like one of my favorite bands. So, and nice. the absolute heartwarming thing that I saw on Facebook and Twitter was the love for the Reading and Leeds crowd for Biffy Clyro, just as a whole, because they deserve it so much. As we've gone on about, because. They're not respected by a download audience because they're fucking idiots, download audience sometimes. I know. I'm so excited to see them at download next year. I told you guys the other day that I've booked, uh, booked my download holidays off uh, for next year. Uh, mm. So hopefully, now that they're in, hopefully it means that I can, uh, you know, that, that temptation there is to go next year. Have you, Fingers crossed. Have you got standard camping? I haven't booked tickets yet. Oh, but are, are you getting, are you, will we go on standard normal camping Pass. I don't know uh, if I am okay. yes I will be yeah if, if we are but I know Nicholas says you want to get RAP but I think the camping's already sold out for RAP so right, um, sure. I'm not 100% sure what we're doing just yet because Kelsey wants to go with her friends and my sister wants to go as well so mm. it's one of those things where next year loads of people want to go so it's one of those where it's like you know so it's all up in the air at the moment but Fair. we'll have to see um but yeah, I will say this actually just before we go any further. I'd really enjoyed the uh, your review of the download um, oh, pilot. Um, I'm really, really happy to see that you enjoyed uh, Jamie Lemon. I was like, genuinely, so I was good. in my kitchen and I was like, get in. And Nicola was like, what are you on about? I was like, oh, Matt said he saw Jamie Lemon <laughs> and agreed with what I said. So. <laughs> it was really, really good. Really good fun. And um, the crowd were really up for it, but as I said previous, um, Creeper were, were the fucking band that, that weekend. Oh, yeah. And as yeah. as we've recorded this, Creeper released their new EP in literally under like five hours, and I can't cope. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so <laughs> oh, good. Know, yeah. But we're going to turn back the clock a little bit, and we're going to talk about the absolute pain and sorrow that was the Euros. Um, yeah. Lest, where do you want to start with this? <laughs> so, can I just quickly get one thing out of the way first of all? Mm. <laughs> and I think Reese knows what I'm going to say. As an English fan, a fan of England, um, I personally hate the whole "it's coming home" thing. <clears throat> and it's Come not on. that <laughs> the thing is, right? No, the thing is, is like for me, obviously, last with uh, Gareth Southgate's first. Um, um, finals, which was obviously the World Cup a couple of years ago, it was like for me that was actually quite a cool thing. It's coming home because people are like, oh my god, actually England are doing better than we obviously we expected them to do, and that then was like the it's coming home thing for me was like that was really cool. But then the second time round, this time round, it almost felt like it was a bit like you know when like a child does something funny and everyone laughs at you, uh, the kid, and then it, it keeps on doing it, and I'm like ah. Oh. It's almost embarrassing now for me personally. Um, like, because Nicola said, she goes, Are you going to sing it what, if we win the finals? Like, yeah, if we win the final, I'll be all over it. But I just sort of think, like, I think back to when uh, there's a podcast I spoke about on our podcast, podcast where um, they were talking about uh, that the Not Now podcast, and they were, it was during the 2012. So that would have been Euros, wouldn't it? Mm hmm. And they were saying, like, these have people, they're all Welsh. And these have people come up to him and say, oh, I bet you want, you know, the other team to win tonight. And he said, no, at first, I always, I'm always happy for England to do well because it's players you see in the Premier League every week. And, you know, he goes, but after about three weeks of, like, fucking 
you know, people all about England when you live in the UK, and I can't imagine what it'd be like when you live in the UK and you've just got Fucking England, 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 and it must be annoying. But the thing is, it's like as well, and this is true. When um, England, uh, Great Britain played in the um, in the Olympics in 2012, about halfway through, the the commentators just gave up saying Great Britain and just started calling them England. And they also said, was it Ben Foster? Mm-hmm. Um, who, who's, is he Scottish or Welsh or Irish? He, he, it's he, a ben he is Foster. English. Hang on, ben Foster's English. Yeah, it's a Watford goalkeeper. Uh. Trying to think who it would be. It was CXC. He wasn't. He wasn't English. wasn't Wasn't Fraser Foster? Was it? To know, he was a goalkeeper. I hundred percent guesswork on this podcast as normal. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I yeah, basically, they, yeah. So they basically they were saying, um, you know, oh yeah, he's going to be a decent. You know, he's going to be a good player in the future for England, even though he wasn't English. Oh. You know, it, it's it's ridiculous you know how and so i can understand i can fully understand i'm almost like embarrassed like towards the end of like the finals when i'm like uh. but that's that side out of the way you know because like other than that as a football fan you know who obviously somebody who loves football and stuff it was so cool to see england get to the final um i just wish it was just embarrassing i felt <laughs> i felt embarrassed Watching the scenes on the on the final, and I know that we're going to the actual sports side of it, but like, oh yeah, they're, they're, those people aren't football fans. They're hooligans. Oh, yeah. They're disgusting. They're they're the people who go out on a Friday night looking for a punch job. And I, as a pacifist, first and foremost, will never understand those people. Like I will never understand the the idea of going out looking for a fight. Like it's just stupid. Um, but you know it's. It's that age-old thing. And I think the thing, as an English person as well, I can sympathise and understand the Welsh and Scottish mentality when looking at us, at us English people. Because we, much like our drinking culture, claim that we're the best, claim we can last the longest, probably imagine in our sex lives as well, we claim we're the best, claim we can last the longest, but in reality, we fall short at every hurdle. You know, and... As a footy fan, I've been a, obviously a footy fan all my life and followed England all my life and things like that. I get certain levels of like hurt. So when we lost against Iceland a few years back, I was like, that's it. Fuck this football match. Fuck for England. Fuck international football. I'm going to watch the you know my teams that I watch. But when it comes to the Euros and the World Cup, I'm just not going to bother. I'm going to stick down the line. And just watch someone else because I can't deal with the heartache of being an England fan. But it's the arrogance that the Englishman, the English fan, of it's coming home, it's coming home. Just as soon as we we're like, so we clear the group competition, and it's like we're getting to the final. And it's like, on what grounds is your basis of that? But also, like that whole song is basically a um. You know, is is kind of a piss take of England, isn't it? You know, if you listen to the lyrics, but yeah, at the same time, it's become this kind of "who's coming home, lads, lads, drink, 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 fuck your missus," you know, or whatever, like twash lad culture. Yeah, I, it's, I don't know. It, clearly, it's a joke song, mm. but by a lot of England fans, 
it's not treated as a do- joke song. It's, che- it's treated as like uh, what it feels like is if is like a rich person rocks up to your house in like some Ferrari and goes, "Look what I've got, and you haven't." Because I because I was born into wealth. It's like because because like England's such a bigger country than Wales. Like the the pool size and them to be like fucking throw it in your face. It's like oh, cheers. And then when you and then when it's like. They're all bragging about it. It's like, ah, oh, I just do not want. I just want anything but you to everything but you lose. Like, oh, the thing is, when it comes to England and sport, is we're shit at footy, we're pretty piss poor at rugby, we're, we're rubbish at cricket for the most part. We can't play tennis. Like the only thing we're actually good at is F one. Yeah, <laughs> I was to, leaning towards my to, you know, like to it, which we'll talk about in a bit because obviously I'm to F one. But, like, apart from F1, and unless it's any other sport that I can't think of to my head, like, we're. Decent pro- rowing, I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Olympics are all right, at, but, like, in terms of like, the majority of the sports sports, you know, like, the people get involved with and watch, we're, we're terrible at it. But at the same time, we did do surprisingly well last time out when it was the World Cup. We got to the um, semis, and we beat penalties. That was great, and this year obviously we beat Germany, which is a hell of an achievement in itself. Got to the final, the final lads. Can you imagine? And then went to penalties, and at that point, I I wanted to, I I nearly didn't watch the penalties. I'm not gonna lie. Like my dad is, you know, he's got di- he's diabetic and things like that. I didn't think his heart was going to take it. I genuinely thought he was going to keel over in front of me. Because <laughs> when it came down to it, it was like, we have to score this goal. Or I, I went, just miss. Just sky it. Like, please just sky it. Because I don't know if I can take this. And because obviously we scored. And it's was like, they need to save this. And I went, don't save it. Please don't save it. I, I can't deal with it. Saving it. You know, and then it came down to us again and it was like all you gotta do is put your foot through that fucking ball into the net and we're we're, we're, we're good because we didn't and it was just like my, my whole rollercoaster of emotions that day was horrific but glad to see the Italians actually play proper football with us though rather than just falling over every five minutes. It was a good... I really... It was, like, a really good match, but it's just, like... Um, I don't know, but... Are we are we going to talk about falling over every five minutes and you've got Raheem Sterling in your team? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Like, Raheem Sterling is one of these people, um, as a player, <clears throat> who I disliked for absolute ages. Not, not anything against who he plays for club-wise, anything like that. He's just one of those people who's is clearly really fucking talented right but he's one of those people who's just a show off when it comes to being in the box and it's like you're a striker do what you are instinctively meant to do you see a spot put your fucking laces through it son don't try and be clever don't try and walk it into the back of the net just give it a fucking wallop you know and especially when you're playing against teams like Germany and in France all this other stuff you know these big uh, teams that are pretty impenetrable for the most part don't waste chances, but um, I'll fully come round to liking Sterling. Uh, 
if I'm to give my full opinion on the Euros, mm. it's that it sums up in one night at the final. I sat in a in a rugby club where uh, there was a load of Welsh fans on one side, and where I live, there's like this quite big Italian family mm-hmm. one side. <laughs> on the other side, then was all the English fans. When that when Saka missed that penalty, I don't think I've ever celebrated more in my life. <laughs> I lost my voice. I was screaming. Oh, I was going nuts. <coughs> and, and, and do you know what? The, the majority of the English um, players and a lot of the uh, some of the English fans, um, I, I don't mind. But I have a massive problem with this, like making out that Gareth Southgate's so good. He's a shit manager. He is a shocking manager. Like, he's so bad. And England fans can't see it. Like, oh, he's, he's shit. Like, the football you play, you've got the quality of players to win it outright so easily. But he only wins games because the quality gets him through and the boring tactics somehow, like, manage to nick results 1 or 2 nil. It's just like he would not get a job outside of international football in in the in the Premier League or in the Championship. Like he's an unproven but, manager outside of uh, international. He is so bad, and I hate him. I, I genuinely <laughs> think as a Middlesbrough fan, as a Middlesbrough fan, who uh, Gareth Southgate's well known to be a club legend, <laughs> and that's that's more where my sort of things. I'm like, well, care. okay, you can yeah. slag off Gareth Southgate, the England. Uh, so, but Gareth Southgate, Mister Mister Middlesbrough, well, I'm not having that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did he did relegate us, but we were like second. We still got points, <laughs> and um, you know they shouldn't have sacked him. To be fair, but as a player, he was fucking brilliant for the Borough, and that's like I'll stick up from from that point of view. Um, in terms of management, it's difficult. You're going to have like if you play international in England, you're going to have loads of brilliant players. Although I do un- don't understand a love for Jack Grealish. I think he's a dickhead. He looks like a dickhead. When we we played Middlesbrough played them in the fu- in the playoffs a couple of seasons ago, and he was a proper dirty player, and he walks around with his stupid little small socks and his like silly small, and it's just like oh he's just a twat. He looks like a twat. I just don't have any. I, I don't know. I don't understand a love for him. I was like, get Grealish on. I said no. God. I think, I think what it is. It's, 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 oh. God, I was just going to say. With with regards to <laughs> we did that thing. I oh, go on, go on, go on. no. Actually, fuck you. I'm gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> it's my podcast. I was just laughing about how things are getting beaten, and I was like, <laughs> it's all fun. Um, yeah. So, with terms of you said he's a shit manager. I think on the night of the final, he made some really questionable decisions, yeah. like stupidly questionable decisions. Um, but I think what you're forgetting is, for me at least, it's been 28 years. But for, like, even Andy's, what, is 30, 32, 33? 35, right? So, for most people, if you're if you're a long-term football fan, 55 years or so of hurt of being an England fan, and we're finally now getting some results, we will take anything at this point. Like, at least that's why I look at like... We've had, you know, fucking Steve McLaren, the Wally with the Brolly, fucking Speng on Twarks and whatever his name was, fucking, you know, and all the rest of it. I just think it doesn't matter that it's boring or it's tactless football. We have been winning. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's just 
for me. Like, I don't know. The manager, I actually thought Sven Goran Eriksson was okay. Fabio Capello, I thought, was shite. Mm. And he was like another, he was like proper boring. Um, I wish, I'll be honest, I know he said, I know he's trying to fix matches, but I wish Sam Allardyce had, had been given more of a chance because <laughs> it would have been fun. You know, he's like a proper old school manager, and I think he would have done like, you know, I th- it would have been interesting. Whether or not he's a good manager, it would have been really interesting to see what he did with England. It was, like, in my opinion, it was a bit of a shame that uh, he wasn't given that chance. But yeah. I would have got behind England a hundred percent if Big Sam was there. I mean, I love Big Sam, um, but no, I, I think, I mean, you could say that like he got it wrong in the final. No, apart from Germany, which in order to win. He played boring to to ultimately get the win, but yeah, but sometimes yeah. you need to play boring. Like yeah, but he played boring every game. Like I think, I think we did more... better than we did in yeah, but... the World Cup because I think the World Cup we had quite an easy route through. I mean, we beat yeah. Panama seven one or whatever it was. I do think this time around we did have a harder go of it uh, in terms of having to get through some difficult matches. Like we obviously beat Croatia and uh, Germany. Group stages was quite easy, other than that shocking performance against Scotland, which was, again, that was quite boring. You know, it was just like... But then, to be fair, for me, supporting England's very similar to supporting Middlesbrough in how a lot of their campaigns go. Well, I don't know, to be fair, I've not seen Borough (laughs) play in bloody ages, but... um, yeah, it's just like the same sort of emotions that I go through with supporting Middlesbrough. I mean, I'll be honest, I'd probably, obviously, supporting your club, I think, for me, is bigger than, you know, England and stuff. Like, I only ever watch England, like, during, like, the big games and stuff. But, I don't know, it's just like, for me, I just think everything's always tainted. Like, I've got loads of friends who are from Scotland and Wales and stuff, like, and it's, um, say friends, but people on Facebook and stuff. And it's embarrassing. Like, I feel like, it or things always get tainted when you see like um well like people like yourself it's not on a go but i'm just saying i can under i can fully understand if that was like you know me sort of seeing all that i'd be the same as you would think and i feel embarrassed as like an english fan and it just gets tainted because i sort of feel like in a way i think if we'd won i think things would have been worse in the towns because you saw what it was like after we got through to the final people climbing on buses and like and stuff like that and it's like you know, for me, I just sort of thought, you know what, in a way, I'm glad we lost because everyone just fucking went home miserable. Whereas yeah. if if they'd won, I just think that this carnage would I, have been unbelievable. I just think Reese is just worried that anyone anyone who touches his old uh, Garrett, what's his face, the fucking, the one-man army that is Wales. Um, Get his name right before you can say his name. Fucking bail, it? yeah, that's the one. Yeah, what... <laughs> The way the way I come at the whole and he played fucking shite as well. He didn't. He got the 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 most average like the on average most average game. player. <laughs> I'm joking. No, average per game, like highest rated. Over you, you played two, didn't played. you? Because you went out of the fucking group stage. Oh, yeah, no, well, this is the point, right? No, we we didn't go out in the group stage. We went out in the round of sixteen. Okay, four 0 to Denmark. Uh, or it might be more. I can't remember, but um. The way I come out of this, right, is I'm a I'm a Swansea fan who Swansea fans are cultured to like we were for like the longest time we were like we, the way we played was not as good obviously but similar to Barcelona we just pass the ball and keep like similar like, to Barcelona seconds. you fucking that's what we call go you... and search it up go and search it up what no. is that by you and your mates when you go on the Barmy Army bus no, like... no. <laughs> no it's... Seriously, because under um, Martinez, who's the the Belgian manager, who likes to play uh, passing football, Swansea, uh, 
the midfield had higher passing percentages uh, than, than Barcelona. Um, so the way we play has always been like cultured in this like almost Spanish way of playing with the like the, the pass and move and, and keeping the ball and wearing teams down. So when I, I when I see England then like champion, championing like this boring football, I think just part maybe it's part bias then because I'm like cultured into liking that and that football ne- doesn't always work. It's just I find it much more attractive to watch and like as a Wales fan as well. We got to the round of sixteen, and we've only been in the last like sixty years to two to two tournaments. In those tournaments, once as well, the first one we, we did champion Chris Coleman because we got to the semi-finals, uh, which was amazing, obviously because the the team we had was bad. This year we had a really good squad. Got to the round of sixteen, you know everyone was behind the team completely. New manager came in, like he only had a few weeks before the the tournament. We still said that, no, we didn't play amazing for the tournament and it's on his head. Like, we should have played better. And we held him accountable. So I think football fans need to, like, they need to look at what they're watching and think, do I want to do I want to fall short every single tournament and play well, rubbish football or have a bit of flair and a bit of something to... We've not fallen short. You have, short, you didn't win. Yeah, but we got, yeah, we got to the semis last time. Got to who won this time? Who 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 is the who is the finalist in the 2013 FA Cup? You don't know. No one remembers yeah, the second granted, place. But yeah, everyone granted. always remembers the winners. Yeah, granted, that's correct. But also, like, on terms of tournament to tournament, we've progressed and done better than what we did last time. And when you look back two or three tournaments ago, when you're losing to Iceland, who basically are are a fucking subpar squad. He made up a dentist and food shop workers. Like, I'm going to take that. You well, know. look how we did in, was it 2016, where Wales did much, much better than us. I think we were out of groups. Did we finish last or like second before last? No. We didn't get out of the group stages. And you, like, of, you, you lost around 16. I can't remember. To be, like, to be honest, I gave, I didn't watch that because you're right. That, <laughs> see, that one was just, that was just boring. Um, yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah, it was just crap back then. But I don't know. The thing is, it's like, I think... For me, I think there was a lot less in terms of names being played because one of the worst things is like with England players, and this has always been something that England's always been bad at. And I think this is one thing with this season, this this squad was better than the other squads, is that we always pick names. Names, you know, like there yeah. was one was it in that 2016 squad? We had um, Jack Wilshire, even though he'd been injured the whole season, but because yeah. he's a big name, we just we just pick him anyway, and it's like. You know, you, you like that was was it season when uh, Leicester won and Danny Drinkwater didn't go over, but because you know you had to get like all the big names over, and it's so, like you know, and unfortunately, you know, Danny Drinkwater was quality for Leicester that season. Is is Jamie Vardy went, who obviously you know really good that season and deserved to be in that squad. Yeah. But you know, it's it's they don't look at who's who's done well that season. I do think that's one thing about this squad this season. We're a better team. You know, because yeah. like, you know, so it's one of those things where like one of the big um, um, criticisms of the you know two thousand squad was that they always had like Gerard and Lampard playing together, even though they didn't really sort of like play yeah. well together. And it was like it was just big names. It's like when I played, like you know, when I used to play FIFA, you know, when you're younger and you're like, right, I want to sign David Beckham. Let's get Ronaldo in, the Brazilian Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Let's get Ronaldinho in, right? Let's get Zidane in, and you know, let's get you know, um, and you're just getting all these big names in without actually thinking, you know, like of how they're going to play as a team. And that's been our biggest issue because like you look at the players we had in the 2000s, like the names. I mean, they were 
amazing players. But as a team, they were shit. They just didn't play as a team. And I do think this time around, yes, I do agree, it was boring. I'm not going to argue about that. But again, I'm a Middlesbrough supporter. We've always played boring. You know? So I'm not going to disagree. But like, for me, I think this time was the first time I've actually seen England players an actual team. They actually felt like a club team to me. There was a bit more solidarity. And that's for me, like, again, I think I put a meme up on Facebook of that one of Drake, you know, where he's sort of like, sort of like, no, and then the one of, yeah, and it's like England team. Yeah, uh, England fans, no. <laughs> and like, I think like, <clears throat> Yeah, I just think that's why I think for me, I think there was just a bit more. It felt like a bit more of a solid, solid team this time round, and that's one thing I think where, you know, there were some good choices made because you know there was a lot of uh, was it um, what's the name of the player that was like the youngest player to ever play for England? Jude Bellingham. That's it. Yeah, and again, may not be the best, you know, there and stuff, but it felt like he was picked on merit rather than because of his name. Same with Saka. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and it's like. And again, like Grealish, you know, everyone thinks like Grealish is amazing. I, I, I don't like him, like I said. But again, he he was only played like you know he went along, but he was only played when they sort of felt necessary. Like I said, the last match went out the window. But yeah, for me, that's the one thing I think I did like about this England team was that they actually felt like a club team rather than a you know a team of like is big name from Chelsea, is big name from Man United, and then no, none of the others get a look in. One thing I will I will praise Southgate for as well is you know through either uh, retirement and age of the older players, he's got rid of a lot of deadwood in that squad. <laughs> you know, some of which have retired and, and from festival, like your Lampards, your Gerrard, things like that. But you get these kind of hanger, hanger-oners who just are still kicking around the England squad. And I'm like, why? You're too old. There's better people coming up through the ranks who are who will be as good as you in a year, yeah. two, three years. But we need to give them the experience. And to kind of liken it back to music, because obviously music podcasts and things, like it's the same with, with downer and things like that. These big bands shuffle them off, get new bands up, and then give them a chance. And that's you know it's the same with football in that respect. If you don't give the uh, the new players the experience at this time, this level, they're never going to have it later on when they're in their prime, and they're going to suffer for it. You know. Yeah. Um. Like. Go on. I yeah. th- I think I think the like I've said before the I I love the England squad apart from I think I don't know where he'd fit in but I think James Ward Prowse should have gone um, but apart from that I think the, the team selection the squad selection was really good and I think the team spirit was really good like it seemed like like you said that back back in the day when you just they just tried to like like shove Skulls Gerrard Lampard all of them in. And Rooney and everything, and just try and make a formation fit that didn't fit the way the players were playing. And I think, like obviously, like I think England should have played more attacking, but for the system they wanted to play and the tactics, they picked the right players. I think I think and, it, I think it boils down to the fact there's a genuine love and desire to be have your name on the badge, and, and where the where the fucking where the badge of honour to be in England, um, be an England player. Because you look at the likes of um, Skulls and and Rooney, I'm not saying they ever did, but I think by default, because they were the biggest names around, we just get picked because of who we are. Look at, again, like uh, Wilshire and things like that, you know, he comes across as a bit of an arrogant so-and-so. It's a, oh, I deserve to be in this squad because 
I am who I am. And it's like, well, no, you get in if you're fit enough and if you're good enough. And if there's someone who's half your age, who's quicker, better than you, they should take your place. And it's, it's to me at least, as simple as that, you know. Yeah, Mind you, I, Wayne Rooney's definitely gone on to do better things now, hasn't he? So. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, have you seen everything? It's just like the whole. It's not even just the the stuff that's come out about him. It's the whole Derby County stuff that's even. Uh, uh, I love the fact he was whinging about like the fact that he had like, only nine players in the squad. Then he, he jumps in on a, a training session and just one of them. For a couple yeah, of months. <laughs> they're, out, they're out for like two or three months now, and he's their best player. And it's like, oh, he do, he's not helping himself. He's he's having the worst month of any person ever. Like, <laughs> he's just having a shocker of a month. I'm going to close this particular segment with the famous unbelievable scenes, Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have been a podcast for a while, several years, but it was our year birthday the other week. Um, and Andy has been on the podcast since... Episode either ten or eleven, I can't quite remember what made because I downloaded all the podcasts and I've been organising my computer. Anyway, he has been an avid supporter and fan of mentioning F one. Now, because of the he's now just put his F one hat on just for everyone for uh, not visual viewers. Um yeah, so basically how was it? Because much like downloads it didn't happen last year, is that right, because of the pandemic? That's right, yeah. yeah. yeah so Even though to... Silverstone still took place, they, they held two races, mm. um, in which uh, Lewis Hamilton won one of the races on the last lap on three wheels, which was uh, amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, it didn't happen last year, it got cancelled. And then this year, uh, much like Download, because they um, Silverstone, the actual uh, Grand Prix, was actually held on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. The day before Freedom Day, in quotes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically they they got uh, permission to put, get, make it go forward as for a full event of 140,000 fans on the day. I think it was over 300,000 attended the weekend as a pilot event, test event. Um, same as Download had show proof of uh, um, double vaccination within 14 days and or. Uh, show proof of a negative uh, lateral flow test in the last uh, 48 hours and stuff and uh, yeah but the thing is it's weird it's like typical government doing everything right Silverstone the track so the event of Silverstone that was all under the pilot side of things so they were like yep you can go in there so no social distancing no masks or anything like that however at Silverstone about 70%, I'm not too sure on the figures, but there's campsites all around Silverstone. Or not like unlike that da- not like download in a way that it's obviously just like it's part of download. This is actually like separate campsites. So one's around we set Woodlands campsite, there's like Litchfield, there's Hamilton Fields, there's a golf club. Um other than the golf club, which is uh, officially got a deal with Silverstone, all the other campsites didn't have this deal. So they still were under lockdown restrictions so it's it's mental because like you know you're like so you still had to go when you went to the little marquee little shops and stuff around you still had to wear your mask and everything it was just like yeah just typical government stuff you know it was just ridiculous but again entry requirements that again they they did ask you obviously that you had um all the necessary sort of things in place so and then once you got in it was um 
yeah, it was honestly like it's, um, I'm surprised how quickly I took to being normal. It was unbelievable. Like I was shocked. Like I thought. Oh my god, this is normal, and I feel normal, and I don't feel because I'm double jabbed. I have been for ages now, so for me, I wasn't really worried. I still wore masks and stuff in the bits where I was supposed to wear masks when when I was within the woodlands area and stuff, the campsite and stuff, and like camping at Silverstone. So they didn't have any entertainment on. So generally speaking, <clears throat> if you want an idea of what Silverstone camping is like, it's like R.I.P. camping at um, Download. So you have like proper showers, you have proper toilets, you have uh, oh, I'll tell you what's called showers. I saw so many old man balls over the weekend. Like it's t- <laughs> honestly right, guys. Listen, right, older guys. I know that's how they used to do it. <laughs> I don't think because I'm self conscious because I'm a larger person, but honestly, the amount of balls down to the knees I saw while trying to get a shower <laughs> and the little cubicles, they just come out it's like there's plenty of room to get dried and changed in, but nope, they had to come out and wash their balls in front of everybody um, yeah, it's usually they have like bands on, they have um, like a chili eating contest uh, they have comedians on and stuff like that um, usually, and it's, it's usually like a proper festival atmosphere, like I said, think download, but slightly older demographic and um more like RIP because it is like it's a smaller sort of space and sort of things you can park your car next to it, which uh, honestly makes a huge difference. Um, so yeah, so the actual Grand Prix itself, I mean, it was um, fucking boiling. Yeah, so yeah. You, you sent us a message saying it's like 30 odd degrees and you were not enjoying yourself. Um, which I was kind of like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I say not enjoying myself, it's. It's one of those things, like, you know, like, because obviously I have, like, anxiety and stuff, so I think on the Wednesday my anxiety was getting a bit on top of me, because I think it wasn't, like, normal sort of thing, but it was just being around other people I was fine with, but leaving home Mm. for the first time in, like, a year and a half, because last time I'd actually been away was Silverstone 2019, so it's two years since I've been away from, like, the dogs and stuff and being at home, and that was a bit where my anxiety was like, I don't like this, but, you know... I got over it by the end of the day and, you know, had a few beers and stuff. But Thursday was it was quite overcast. Um, we went into the track side and we watched them film the F1 show, which was pretty cool. We saw, like, Lewis Halman and uh, um, Lando Norris, Daniel Ricciardo and all those. And it was, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. You know, like, it was, it was amazing seeing, like, these races, like, obviously not in their racing attire, just, like, being interviewed and things. So that was pretty cool. We got to see the, the new car for next year. So that was awesome. Friday uh, was the qualifying, um, and that was the day of hell fire on earth in terms of the weather. And like, and the thing is, is Friday was bad, and then Saturday was worse because it was like twenty eight degrees, I think, and there was not a cloud in the sky. Now on the Friday, you're allowed to um, if you because we're general admission, so we're allowed to on the Friday you're allowed to go anywhere. So you can go into Grand Sandwich, obviously covered. On the Saturday, you're only allowed in the general admission areas. If you say so you're not allowed in the covered areas, and you just couldn't get out the sun, and it was boiling. And then you're looking at the weather for the day after for the Sunday, and it was like 31 degrees. And you're like, oh my god, if tomorrow's going to be worse. Um, yeah, and then like yeah, Sunday it was 31 degrees on the track, and it was just like Nicola. Nicola got there. Um, she woke up and she got there at. Um, half six in the morning she got to her place in the cap in the track so just purely so she gets some some shade like a place where the shade hits at like a certain time we noticed by the grandstands the sun 
uh, was behind the grandstand, so that it covered over. Um, she she was like everyone else had the same idea. So the whole front of the grandstands were covered with people. So we were just in front of them. Uh, me and Kelsey packed up the tent and walked down about like two hours later. And yeah, we were just in the sun all day. And like, I think it goes to show how important hydration is because um, I went into, we got into the track about half eight. I went to the toilet at half eight and then it did nothing but drink water all day. And it was literally points where I would like, like download, you fill up your water at the water points, put them in your bag and then like, you know, just sort of like drinking throughout the day. And we, I was literally filling up four or five bottles of water necking a whole bottle at the water point filling it back up again yeah. and then like you know and then like you know and then taking it back to the nicker and kelsey and they were drinking loads of water we were just drinking water all day long I didn't touch any alcohol just because it was in, just the thought of drinking alcohol in that heat without the thought of having any sort of rest from the heat or anything you know it's not like when you're in a pub garden you've got like all the um parasols and stuff you know you're out in the sun all day i mean i've still got like a like a mark around my arm that's like and i've been inside i've where my wristband was i took my wristband off as soon as i got in and i've still got a mark and like i've been inside since then pretty much i'm still like burnt um yeah no matter how much uh sunscreen you put on it's just it's just it was impossible to escape but um yeah so yes like i said so yeah i i only went to the toilet once after that about 12 o'clock and it just shows how much moisture, you know, your body's using. Yeah. Because I literally said it went for like two weeks during the day, even though I was like neck injury. And you guys know how many times have I, halfway through a podcast, have I got, <laughs> I need the loo. Yeah. So many times because I've got the worst bladder in the world. So even for me to neck water, like, like 500 milliliter bottles at a time, and only need two, two weeks once in the morning and once about 12 o'clock and then none again until I got back to the tent or the campsite. It was unbelievable. But, um, yeah, in terms of the race itself, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, it was a bit of controversy because uh, Lewis Hamilton, obviously, and Max Verstappen both came into each other um, on the, one of the corners, Cops Corner, and then uh, Verstappen had quite a bad crash and he had to go to hospital. See, what's your... So I I'm not don't know much about F1, right? But everyone on the building site was talking about it, and I was like, they were like asking my opinion. I was like, to be honest, I don't really know. So I just like quoted so someone I'd seen off Twitter. What who well, who do you think was in the right or or wrong, or do you think it's just like a? I mean, it's difficult to say. Like being there, we went on that corner. We were like at Club Corner, which is the last corner before the the finish line. So that was on the other side of the track. But like in terms of actually being there at the time. It was really strange because obviously Lewis Hamilton's a British driver. Everyone wants Lewis Hamilton to do well. You know, it's, uh, and I want Lewis Hamilton to do well. I've got a lot of respect for Lewis Hamilton. I used to hate him, but because of how he's been over the last year and a bit with terms of like, you know, speaking up for inequality and things and really being like a mouthpiece for people who, you know, for inequality. And he's always been the one to push the racial question and stuff like that. Um, Obviously being like the only black person who's ever been in Formula One. You know, yeah. so I've got a lot of respect for him. And he's he's always been respectful of other drivers as well. Like, he always, like, champions younger drivers. So, for me, I'm a big fan of him now. So, I wanted him to do well. So, when he first hit Max Verstappen, now, you're watching Formula 1, I'd say, like, 99 times out of 100, when someone spins off, they just spin off, get out of the car, and crack on. You know, it's usually not a big issue. 
other than the tunnels, when Raymond Grosjean had his big crash last season. So what everyone did was they, when they saw Max spin, everyone went, way! But then it went deathly silent and like you couldn't hear anything. And then like when they all saw that Max got out of the car and he was okay, everyone went, way! And everyone on Twitter going, oh, look at the fucking England fans, like, you know, cheering that like, Max being hurt. So it, was, like, it wasn't like that at all. We were only cheering once we saw Max was out. As soon as we saw him, it was okay. Everyone was like, really, you know, because they were happy he was okay. In regards to the incident, I'll be honest, I, I, I don't know because. I've got the tape, the, the race recorded, but I haven't actually had a chance to watch it yet. Um, regardless of who I think is fo- at fault, you know, I think it is probably going to be more like Lewis Hamilton's fault than the Verstappen's. But for me, Verstappen's done the same thing to other drivers, and if it, I don't know, it's difficult to say. But yeah, from what I saw, I think it is. I think it's probably like a sixty forty thing. But even then, you know, it's. I think it's been taken a bit too, bit too much. Like I think because they're still going on about it. They said like the ten second penalty wasn't enough and everything. And then like they said like Lewis Hamilton's celebrations were um, disrespectful. Which like he he said he wasn't aware that Max had gone into hospital. And you know they got the you know they they made sure that, it, that he was okay before they actually did any celebrating and stuff like that. Obviously, Max Verstappen's not going to know that and things. It's annoying because I like Max Verstappen. I'd actually be quite happy if he won the championship this year because it is nice to sort of see someone else do better. Um, but it's a lot of like Netflix going to love it. You know, Drive to Survive. Drive yeah. to Survive. They're going to absolutely love it. Like this this whole episode. Well, there'll be two episodes, I think. Um, but yeah, so I don't know to be honest, to answer the honest like, answer honestly, but um, yeah. But overall, it's like it was fantastic. Like it was, even though it was hot on the actual day itself, when all the racing got going, it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. It was three o'clock in the afternoon when the race started, so it was a bit cooler, and you know, it was you were able to enjoy the race a bit more. And it was just like a really cool atmosphere, and it was uh, it was just like again nice. Like you know, I didn't like it do any sort of social distancing and things over the weekend. I just, uh, you know, just acted normal. And like, as soon as I got home on a Monday, I tested myself and I tested myself again five days later to make sure that, you know, I'm absolutely fine. As far as I were, quite a few other people were as well. Um, the journey home was much like Matt's journey to <laughs> download. God. <laughs> yeah, it was very much like my our journey home because... So the idea was, the last time we went to Silverstone, we packed the tent up uh, after the race and went home. And uh, we got home about 12 o'clock at night. So I said, right, what we'll do is, is Nicola goes to the thing, first of all, she wakes up easily and stuff. So she went to the track and me and Kelsey thought, right, we'll put the tent down, get the car packed. And as soon as the race is over, run to the car. Just to ignore how Dory's itching himself and growling. Um run to the car and then drive off. How does so Andy's dog for everybody who doesn't know? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> explain that. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I don't have the guy from Game of Thrones in my house. Um, yeah, so uh, we got in the car all ready to go. It was quarter to six. So the race finished at five and we were in the car red, the engine on six, uh, quarter to six. Looked at the uh, sat-nav and I said, your arrival time is 9.15. I was like, awesome. Um, moved on slowly, 
as you'd expect, you know, like coming out of download, you know, on a night and stuff, it's usually quite quiet, but uh, sorry, quite bad traffic. But by the time we got out the campsite, it was quarter past nine. Bloody hell. So, you know, so by the time we were sat there, and I always knew, I told my sister who was looking after the dogs uh, over the weekend, I told her probably about 12. You know, so I knew quarter past nine was like, uh, you know, not going to happen, but I said it'd be about 12. So then we were just like gridlock outside Silverstone itself, the actual track itself. Um, meanwhile, I was sitting there, sat in the traffic, and McLaren drove past us and really nice purple, uh, orange McLaren. Nicholas, oh, that car's nice. And it turns out that Lando Norris, who's a British racing driver, mm. was oh. driving his car home. You know, and like, you know, it was, I was like, oh, it's Lando Norris. Like, it was amazing. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, and again, like, you know, uh, McLaren are my favorite team. I've got the McLaren hat on, which I put on once we got onto this one. I've got, uh, I'm a big fan of um, Lando and uh, Daniel Ricciardo. So, uh, Daniel Ricciardo is a massive metalhead. So, it's cool. Um, we finally got to the Watford Gap services at 10 o'clock. So this is like literally like half an hour, like not even half an hour away from Silverstone. Um, got caught up in traffic. So at 12 o'clock, so bear in mind, like I said, we'd um, left you know, in the car at quarter, part, uh, quarter to six. Got to Donington services at um, 12 o'clock and Nicola had to have a nap because she was knackered because she was driving. No, I don't drive. So Nicola had to sleep for like half an hour. So I just sort of like got out of the car and just walked just to sort of stretch my legs and stuff. So yeah, by the time we got home, after all that, I was like supposed to be like, say Satnav said quarter to nine, quarter, yeah, quarter past nine. I was showered and in bed by quarter to four in the morning. Oh my God. <laughs> it I, was light outside. It was unbelievable. I, I had a similar thing as a few years ago. I'll never ever forget it for as long as I live. Uh, me and my sister went to go and see Foo Fighters at um, the Milan Keynes Bowl and for some fucking reason they <coughs> wouldn't let anybody out of the car park until everybody had filled out of the bowl like the arena being the bowl out of the bowl into the car park or to buses and things they wouldn't let anybody out of the field so obviously gig finishes at like 11 I turned the, turn the car on Set the car up, get the sat nav, work and CD on. Nice and optimistic. I'm going to be sat nav for about 10 minutes while we wait to get out. Two hours, I'm not even joking, two hours we sat there. And I just optimistically just sat and watched my sat nav just go higher and higher and higher in terms of time we'd get over. Yeah. And um, bear in mind, this is pre my sister driving. And. Um, we, we got out, I think we got out at like one, and it was a three hour drive home. We, I think we got back, oh, to, I think oh. I got back to our house at like eight in the morning. It was fucking horrific. And oh, it's, it's just, just the awful. worst. It is, it's horrible because, like, for me personally, it was my idea. Like, so basically, we were supposed to go home on the Monday because of what happened last time when we got home at 12, which apparently that was late. I'd love to have gotten home too by 12. But for me, because I was having a bit of a panic attack on, on the Wednesday, I did say to Nicola, can we go home on Sunday? So I felt bad because this is my idea. So I'm there, so I'm feeling awful. And like when, especially when the next day we looked at the uh, the group on Facebook, the camping group on Facebook, and I was like, oh yeah, we got out in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh shit. You know, I just thought it'd be easier to go home on the Sunday. And I was just so wrong. And it's like, it would have been chilled. And it's like, the thing is as well, that weekend was like, 
the weekend when it was hot and we were stuck in that car. Bearing in mind, we hadn't had a shower since like the day before. So, like, and I spent a whole day sweating in the sun and you're uncomfortable. My legs were sunburnt to fuck. And I've got really long legs. So, I had shorts on because of like, even though like I put sun cream on, I was still burn and my leg was touching like the uh, just below the um the glove box and like this the yes and the and the middle compartment bit and i was just like it's absolutely killing me so i had to get like something to put between my leg and the thing because it kept on sticking to my leg and you know nicola again was burnt but she was driving bless her and like you know she was knackered because she'd been up since half five or five o'clock because she had to go to like the thing and i just felt awful and it was roasting in the car i mean it was like <coughs> one o'clock in the morning and on the dash on the temperature it's like 24 degrees oh my god and when you're flying down the motorway you try and open the window for a second it's impossible and like you turn the aircon on and it's just thick water the water so thick and that's what it felt like yeah. thick air just coming in through the aircon even though it's on its coldest setting and it was just like it was just uncomfortable and it was horrible and it was just like the worst but um yeah it's all those really where it was you know you get home don't you, you have your sleep you have your wash and you have a bit of food when you the next day you're like oh, i can't wait to book it again for next year but you learn you learn so you know next year we're gonna get grandstand tickets and like we're gonna make sure we go home on the monday morning this time regardless of how many stupid panic attacks i have we're going home on the monday because that was the worst journey i've ever had in a car in my life it was horrible but like i said go on tell you a bad story uh travel story um so you know football derbies yeah uh i think well one of the biggest ones in england in the uk is is the cardiff swansea one and so we play barcelona I'm going to send you many links after this podcast finishes. Our group chat is going to be spammed with people outside of Swansea, like uh, like pundits and stuff, calling Swansea, Swansea Lona. Not that we played as well as Barcelona. The style of play was similar. Anyway, um, the so Swansea-Cardiff is the only match in, in the UK that is a bubble match, which means that the away fans have to fu- have to get on an organised coach there, made by the club, and they have to be issued their tickets on the bus. So, and, and Swansea fans are then they have to be like marshalled in, like you have to be like come through like the police and the main entrances, and everything's very official. Like you're not allowed to do anything like out there. There's like tons of police. I, I would ar- I would argue the case for both Man United, Man City, and also um, no, local. No, they're not. They're, not, they're nowhere near. It's big. It, they're not. Ipswich Norwich match. is. They're not. They're, they're not bubble matches. Well, they're not bubble matches. They're still pretty intense, though. Yeah, in well, terms of like, I think Celtic Rangers is the only other bubble match within. Or or anything with Millwall. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. not even Millwall is. A bubble no, match. no, it's just Jake said. Twats, aren't they? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that thing when they when they had the Everton fans was bad like a few years ago. They uh, attacked all those Everton fans. But anyway, they. So we every match day, we go up on a local coach because obviously we don't live in Swansea. We go up on a coach. Uh, it's like ten pound there and back, and uh, it drops us off outside the stadium. Well, we're on our way up there. And someone from the front just goes, oh, shit. 
oh shit and he said what and he said uh, there's the Cardiff buses in front of us and we're going to be coming into Swansea at the same time as them <laughs> and we're not on an official bus and we don't have any Swansea flags do we so everyone was like uh, no we don't and it was like right has anyone got anything Swansea related he was like because I was on this bus at the last derby and a brick came through the window uh, so uh, we everyone was frantically looking for like people were, like taking their Swansea shirts off to put and pin up in the window because as we were coming into Swansea we were behind these Cardiff buses the police just swarmed the whole bus a load of Swansea fans thought we were a Cardiff bus like went to go attack oh. the bus we were like waving Swansea things in the windows they could hardly see it and the police were like oh no it's fine it's fine got through them and then we always get dropped off in this like spot it's not like officially where you're meant to be dropped off it's like this little entrance we all come out of because everything was so official the police on horseback see this door open to this bus on, by the main road and they just assume that they're like letting off a load of Cardiff fans to go cause trouble we get off the bus and literally I've never seen anything like it just police just swarm us from out of nowhere and they're like attacking us and then they're like oh you need to get back on the bus and all this and then we like convince the Swansea fans they let us go and the bus driver got fined and everything it was yeah it was, oh my like, god so scary like be attacked by your own fans <laughs> crazy I remember Crystal Palace did that to uh, their team bus when Borough played them in their Premier League a few seasons ago when we that one season we were in the Premier League um, and we we loaned their bus off of them uh, and um, yeah and then obviously played then we came back like they'd literally sprayed like Crystal Palace like spray paint and vandalised the bus it was like their own it was their own team's bus that they loaned to Borough <laughs> that's because oh, Crystal yeah. Palace are nutters that's why oh yeah <laughs> but yeah um, no, overall um, in regards to yeah, the F1 yeah it was fantastic like it's it's like it's like a festival but Everything finishes at five o'clock in the afternoon. So you nice. go back and, like I said, you've got your car next to you. So there's a lot of stuff, like in terms of camping side of things, you know, it, that's made me think actually, do you know what? Camping at RIP would be worth it because you've got like having a shower at the end of every day is amazing. Yeah. But in terms of the actual event itself, it was fantastic. You know, like, you know, like I said, I, I'm it's everyone who listens to this and this podcast with me. I'm, I'm a huge F1 fan, um, even more than like football, if I'm honest. So for me to actually like, I love and I love football. So for us to go to this, it's like it's like a massive event because I'm going to like Bristol at home uh, when they, when Borough play in like in a few uh, few weeks time, and I'm really looking forward to that. But it's something I get to go to like every other week. With Silverstone for F1, you only get to go really once every year, so it's uh, it's like a massive event, and it's uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's always a really good time. Um, just a bit of rain would have been lovely. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, it's brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Lovely stuff. Um, I think that's a pretty pretty decent place to then you lads run things up from there. Awesome stuff. Um, yeah. So in terms of podcasts going forward this will be we've recorded a couple like a batch of podcasts this will be the last one you'll hear for a week or so because i'm way at bloodstock hopefully getting burnt to a crisp while listening to all the riffs and drinking all the beer uh and then i'll be back on and we're gonna do probably a bloodstock review of some description 
and whatever happens in the future. And obviously, Andy will be back hopefully at some point soon. Yeah, Reese hopefully uh, will. EP yes. coming out tomorrow, so I'll do a review on that. The Creeper EP, uh, he's coming out tomorrow, so I'll do a review on that. And hopefully, Reese will, I don't know, he'll keep my going. Oh, one thing I'd just quickly say is <laughs> um, today I actually listened to uh, Willow Smith's album all the way through a couple of times. Okay. It's surprisingly good. Is it? It's like a definite recommend for that one. It's it's surprisingly good. I wasn't like, didn't really know what to expect. I haven't really heard of anything of her since like she did like whip her hair back and forth. Mm. It's it's really rocky. It's like some of the th- some of the songs are like Avril Lavigne's on it, uh, Travis Barker's on it. Um, yeah, definitely recommend. It. It's only like twenty minutes long as well. So yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth uh, a listen. Cool, cool. Um, Go and support sport. Go and support live music. Support the podcast. Give us a five star rating. All that jazz. Follow us on social media. Peace. If I had. Bye. Bye.